Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of the Stay Up Club. I am your host, Mo Ismail. What's going on? How's it going? Hope all is well. Hope you're doing good. Uh, I'm doing great myself. Life is good, man. I'm feeling good right now. I'm feeling happy. Uh, I just had my taping this past Saturday, which was a huge success. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who came out. Uh, I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the turnout. I couldn't believe that two shows sold out, which is like, I didn't understand it, man. Th- these past few weeks haven't made any sense. Uh I just, I, I don't, the amount of uh, support and, and encouragement and positivity from everybody, it was like, uh, it was unreal. I couldn't believe it, but uh, yeah, I, that was that was a great night. Uh, all the comics on the show absolutely obliterated. They just killed it. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, I knew they were talented, but it was just every single comic did so well. On the first show, Chris Robinson hosted uh, with Paul Thompson and Rick Rowley featuring and um and I closed out both shows and then the 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 second show was hosted by Dave Merhej uh who's just uh an older uh people make like compare us a lot people go you know like maybe like our on account of the fact that we're both middle eastern with with beards and you know with bald heads and beards but uh I don't I don't necessarily see it maybe some sort of like attitude but it's you know that's like saying this Asian comic talks similar to that Asian comic where you're like yeah but you know kind of makes sense cuz they're both Asian you know or that black comic sounds a little bit like that but we don't it's not like the jokes are completely different it's just uh I feel like a almost like a similar attitude towards jokes or whatnot so but anyways he's he's someone that I absolutely love and and I had him on the show because he's he's someone that's helped me out a lot. And you know what? Maybe I'm gonna I'm actually gonna have maybe I'll try to get him for an episode of this podcast. But um, but yeah, he's he's a really smart guy and he's a very talented comedian. Uh, he's also very uh, you know uh, well established in the in the comedy scene. He's out in L.A. now, but I don't know. I'm talking about talking about Dave when I when I have a, a different guest on this show. But um, yeah, on that second. Uh, show on Saturday night that so Dave was hosting Kevin Soldo was on the show and Daniel Woodrow was on the show as well so all the comics were great I had a great time uh, the taping was super successful so I'm I'm really happy about that but yeah other than that that's been the the, the biggest event to happen uh, you know these days and uh, now I guess it's just on to post right so I got to edit it and make sure it looks good and figure out how I'm going to release it, and uh, and yeah, go from there. But uh, let's jump right into things, shall we? Uh, the first, uh, not the first, what am I saying? Uh, my guest for this week is the absolutely phenomenal and absolutely hilarious, and uh, I don't know, I don't think there's enough nice things I could say about this guy, but uh, it's Matt O'Brien. My guest for this episode is... Uh, Matt O'Brien, he's one of the funniest comedians in Canada. Uh, I might even go as far as saying in North America because he, he's just not only is he funny, but he's got a very uh, likable personality, and uh, he's a very kind guy. He's very, very nice. Very, um, I don't know. He's just awesome. This guy's the man. 
So I have him on this week's episode, and uh, we sit down and talk about a bunch of different things. Uh, he's actually going to be moving to L.A. come January 1st or 2nd, so that's kind of sad because, you know, everybody in Toronto loves this guy, and we, uh, I mean, we obviously all wish him well, but, you know, he's uh, he's a big part of the scene, you know, and he brings a certain energy that a lot of comics don't have, so... You know, you you, kind of just see a lot of bitter comics and whatever, but he's just that happy guy that kind of just comes around and then you see him and all of a sudden you're happy, but for no reason. (laughs) It's like, why are you happy? Ah, because Matt's happy. And it's like, okay, that's a little weird. But anyways, he's my guest for this week and uh, I think you're absolutely going to love this episode. Literally from front to back, it's just this guy kills me every time I sit down and talk with him. So... I was really lucky to get him on this uh, on this episode. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the eighth episode of the Stay Up Club with my very special guest, the absolutely hilarious, the talented Matt O'Brien. Here we go. Why the fuck would it be between that or Muhammad? Muhammad is the most commonly used name on earth. Read a fucking book for one. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I actually saw him walking down the street the other day. So he's still sulking around town. Jake the fake. Check, check, check. ding, down, bow. I hear me. Ah. <laughs> oh. I was like, uh-oh. Oh. I'm very techy. Amateur mistake right here. You're like, I couldn't get any sound. Well, yeah, buddy. Uh, yeah, the fucking switch. There. Is there anything I should know about this podcast? I'm sorry. I don't know uh, anything about it. No, it's okay. just you. Uh, we just fucking talk, man. Oh, yeah. We I just love talk, talk about what... Uh, usually, it's about what keeps you up at night. Like, usually oh. just issues surrounding any sort of lack of sleep. Okay. But, um... Honestly, it just could be about anything. You know what? Let's start with this. Why L.A.? Ooh. Wait, are you recording right now? Yeah, we're recording, man. This is going? This is going. Oh, my God. <laughs> Including the question about me, me asking what's this podcast about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. This seems so amateur. That's okay. Uh, hey, I, that's how I do it. I just kind of start. And I like we just that. Keep it organic. It's always awkward when you do a, a radio interview and they're like, hey, welcome back to the show. Ronnie R- Riggles here. And, and then you're just kind of staring at him, waiting for yeah. him to be like, give you the cue. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't talk until my name is heard. Yeah. I've made that mistake a few times with Sirius XM where I talk before and they're like, wait till your name is said. And then you talk. Oh, that's no. how you do a show. So that's why I was just being very, I was being professional. You're waiting for the, for the <laughs> yeah. jump in? Waiting for the, the, the okay. Why LA? Yeah. Um, well, I think because uh, well, first of all, I think that's that's the move, the next move to make from Canada. Of okay. course, you go to the states, and then you have to choose New York or L.A. Yeah. And uh, L.A. just well, first of all, the weather. 
Yeah. I think oh, I yeah. I think I've earned some warm weather in my life. I think so. You know, so I uh, that that was a that was one reason, and then also L.A. seems to be more of an everything town. So like TV, yeah. movies, stand up, mm-hmm. everything. So whereas New York is very much like you really got to like you can do stand you can do more stand up, but it's more of a grind. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's still film and TV there, but. Mm-hmm. There's a link between both. So, I mean, anyone I've talked to, it's like you go to one or the other. It doesn't really matter. They're both directly connected. Yeah, yeah. So, you go back and forth between the two. uh, When was your first visit? To L.A.? Mm -hmm. It was in 2000 and where was it? It's probably six years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I got actually got flown because I used to work for Apple. Mm -hmm. So, they flew me down to San Francisco for training. Yeah. And then uh, I finagled a way where I could go to L.A. and they would still pay for everything. Oh, wicked. So, I went to L.A. for a week. Did you do uh, a bunch of shows or... Was that? Did you do a bunch of shows? Oh, uh, I tried. This was, okay, this was my first L.A. experience. Mm -hmm. I went to the comedy store on uh, Sunday, which is a potluck night, so they have like 50 comics doing two minutes each, and I think they still do it. So (laughs) I was such a go-getter. I showed up with like a folder with my headshot and, you know, a demo CD and everything, and I did my two minutes, and there were just other comics, and they were like, who is this nerd? Yeah. Because I'm like really, I'm I'm swinging for the fences. I'm doing my material. Yeah. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not, this is. And then as I'm leaving, uh, I go to the, the door guy and I'm like, who do I give my headshot and demo tape to? And yeah. they just laughed in my face. Oh, and I was no. Like, okay, oh, maybe don't try so hard down here. Just chill out. So the whole, and then the whole week being in LA, I'm just like, this place is too big. Yeah. It's, it's, how does anyone get around? And then you have to drive everywhere. And then, but uh, what the, the only calming thing is still every time I go to LA too, you, you like come out. Uh, on the street and then you see a palm tree and you're like this is nice like like it could be the shittiest street ever and then you just you just come out and then see a palm tree and you're like oh yeah it makes your day yeah (laughs) oh man that's awesome uh so cool all good yeah cool man uh so you're moving what january 1st Jan- yeah, well, January second, technically. Second, I figured. Okay. I figured I'll be hungover on yeah, the first. A so bit. it's like, and then it's an eight-hour drive to Chicago. Yeah. Because we're doing the whole drive for driving oh, the whole you are. Okay. friggin' way. So, uh, eight hours to Chicago, and then uh, where is it? Chicago. We're staying. We're staying in Graceland in Memphis. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah, because we're doing that whole Route 66, like old school. We're gonna go to gross diners and go to a desert and stuff. We're going to the Grand Canyon. That's and amazing. Like, yeah, we're making a real uh, sloppy trip of it. But uh, yeah, January, new tax year. That was a big thing for me. <laughs> I know that's gross, but I'm just gonna keep my. I don't gum know. Here. Keep I your gum have, wherever you want, buddy. Have, <laughs> that's good. I don't have, I don't for the listener, uh, Mo just put his gum in his own butthole. <laughs> And I don't know why. He didn't even make a noise. He was so quiet about it, too. And he said, don't mind me if I put my gum in my butthole. Yeah, just um, a little quick uh, yeah. without anyone noticing. And also for the listener, I was winking and licking my lips the whole time. <laughs> so this is quite the podcast. Buddy, I told you it was going to be spicy. This is very spicy. Yeah. Muy caliente. Yeah. Or is it picante? <laughs> Which one? Picante. picante or caliente? Uh, one of them One of them's hot in Spanish and one of them's spicy. Yeah. Muy picante. Um, okay, so what are your plans, man? Like, I know you're uh, you're obviously leaving soon. What are your plans when you get down there? Do you have anything booked? What's what's the what's Hon- the game plan? <laughs> Honestly, not a lot. Like, not a lot 
pre-planned. Yeah. I mean, I have meetings with people that I met at, like, just for laughs and stuff like that. Like, there's been dozens of people that are like, when you get to L.A., let's grab lunch. And, like, yeah, I have, yeah. like, all these business cards where I'm like, oh, my God. And then, or, or they'd be like, when you get your green card, uh, let me know. Yeah. And, I, like, so there's all these people. That just, I feel like the first six months are just going to be lunches and just, oh, 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 here we are. Schmoozing. Schmoozing. Yeah, a lot of schmoozing. And, uh, but, I mean, in terms of representation, nothing books solid yet. Yeah, Because yeah, they all yeah. say the same thing. They're all like, just talk to us when you're down here. Yeah. Because nobody believes you when you're like, hey, I'm coming to L.A. They're like, yeah, sure. Sure you are. Yeah. Like, especially a Canadian, too. Like, uh, one one agent I talked to, they're like, yeah, a million Canadians say that, that they're going to move to L.A., but right. it's so hard for us to get visas and stuff like that that they don't do it. So they don't believe you until you're there. Huh. So. Do you, do you get a lot of respect as a Canadian I, you know what? It started, it started fading away the first time, very first time. Yeah. Six years ago, I went to LA and I used to say I was Canadian. And they'd be like, oh my God, that's crazy. Great, great. And then every time after that, less and less interest. Really? More, it's just like, yeah, we got tons of Canadians down here. Oh, like, there's so okay. many Canadians that it's less of a. And also, it's like, as a Canadian, too, I know a couple of comics that do this. They don't really paste that to themselves. Not that they're disgraced to be Canadians, but it's like you become almost like a. Like that becomes part of your act. You're like they're a Canadian comic, and uh, people are like expecting like a flannel, even though I'm wearing yeah. flannel right now, <laughs> like a flannel lumberjack man coming. But up. it's not expected, right? Yeah, it's not expected. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, people are, people know that Canadians are friendly and funny. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah, you get a certain amount of respect, but it's it's like people don't really give a shit anymore. But not more than an like than an American or like a LA native, right? Yeah, like you do. Yeah. Is it oh, more no. than? A, I mean. I, it, it, you're more exotic. You're more of an exotic treat, I think, exotic. if you're a Canadian. <laughs> but then, especially in a city like LA, it's like uh, it's like, oh, you're from Canada. Yeah, no one's from here. Oh, okay, so it's like okay. everyone's from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why every, it's just a melting pot of people. Is it so, diverse over there? Like pretty diverse in terms of like people. Oh yeah, yeah? It's, There's uh, you, you name it. You name it. They're there. Yeah, more than <laughs> more than Toronto. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you do see a lot more like Spanish Mexican people. Yeah, but uh, which is a nice change, you know what I mean? It's very there nice. isn't a lot of uh, Spanish Latinos. Uh, I I grew up with a lot of uh, Colombians. Did you? Yeah. Where in Peterborough? In London, Ontario. Oh, London. Yeah. But you, aren't you from Peterborough? I know. See, this is, no one knows my origin story oh, okay. here because <laughs> yes. I, I grew up in London outside of uh, outside of London on a farm for yeah. eighteen years. Okay, and then uh, moved to Peterborough for okay. like three years, and then Oshawa for school for three years, and then Toronto. What did you do in Oshawa? What school? Uh, I went to Durham College for broadcasting. Wow, oh, yeah. buddy, did you finish? I finished it, baby. Nice. Honors, yeah. Right so on. I started doing stand up my last year of college, okay. and then I was like, oh man, I want to do this more than what I have paid all this money for. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, broadcasting, it, it works for uh, stand-up. I have a diploma in broadcasting as well. Well, there you go. Seneca College. And, hey, that's the one I applied to and didn't get into. <laughs> that's what Durham College is for. Yeah, they, they waitlisted me. And then on the day that the school was supposed to start, they're like, hey, so do you want in? And I was like, I didn't know I was yeah. accepted. <laughs> like, so you can just come and start school. And I was like, but I don't have any money. Oh like, and then God. they kind of did the whole OSAP, you know, oh, yeah. uh, loan thing. And I was like, wait, let's do to get into a college. Like, come on. It, like, dude, it was a... such a, and the program was such a waste. It was oh, such yeah. a waste. Cause if you're looking to get into TV and broadcasting, you could literally just walk into any TV station and be like, Hey, can I like just like enter? Oh, hundred percent. And they'll take you. Oh yeah. So like college is, is not, I mean, it might give you a little bit of an insight, but yeah. all in all, it's just like a. Something you can learn within like a day that they stretch out to like Absolutely. two years. Dude, my first year in broadcasting, there was there was a photography class and they taught us dark room. 
Like how to how to make film in dark rooms. <laughs> how to hang out in a dark room. <laughs> how to hang out in a dark room. But like that old school yeah. dark room film yeah, uh, yeah. processing. Yeah. They taught us that. And I'm like, why, why the hell would you do that? And they're like, you know, this room's closing next year. Like it's not going to be here. <laughs> I'm like, well, why the hell are we learning this? I'm paying like three to four grand to do this. Yeah, yeah. Get the hell out of here. Oh, God. It was, yeah, it was... It wasn't a total waste of time, but it was like, you know, it, just, it was definitely something to do for three years. Did you do any TV jobs after that? <laughs> yeah, I worked at MTV Live uh, nice. for om- like eight months. Uh, it was an unpaid internship, so I yeah, just worked yeah. until I ran out of money. Yeah. And, which was amazing. And like, I, it was so much fun. Like, it was when Darren Jones hosted. Oh, and, wicked. And uh, Paul the intern. And then I got, yeah, I got in there pretty well. Like, so much that I was on the Hills After Show for a few episodes. Oh, shit, <laughs> like, okay. That stupid hey, show, the, <laughs> the After Show. Yeah, because I was interning, and then yeah. they, were, they looked at me, and they were like, wouldn't it be funny if Matt was on the Hills After Show? Because I was like, buddy, I watched the show. Like, yeah. me and my college buddies, we, we would watch the Hills for some reason. <laughs> and then so I remember I poked my head in a meeting about the Hills After Show, and I had all these, like, correct answers and facts. And they're like, can we put it. this guy on the Hills After Show? Yeah. So on the Hills After Show, like, it was all these, like, you know, fashion, Conscious people, and then yeah. me like dressed like I am now, and I'm like, yeah, this flannel and flip flops. Yeah, flannel and flip flops. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a weird, it was a weird time. Yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. So did you feel like that helped you comedically in any way, like in your comedic career? Oh yeah, I mean, there? yeah, getting to know like TV and stuff. It's funny because I actually like helped set up like the Comedy Now specials. Too, because really? they were filmed in the same studio. Yeah, so yeah, I remember, I remember that. Masonic, right? The, the Masonic, Masonic Temple, yeah. yeah. And I remember setting them up because I just started comedy at the time, and I'm like, I got to know how it was set up and how it like worked and everything. And yeah. I was like, I was almost depressed because I was like, now I'm never gonna do one of these because uh, what are the odds that somebody that previously set up a comedy now has yeah. does a comedy now? Yeah. And so, amazingly, I got to do one years yeah, I was later. Say you did do one, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was I. You know, it was good to get the know-how and like talking to producers, like how to talk to like TV people is a different thing, a whole different beast. You know, like like in what way? Well, like what? Just like, just figuring out how like TV people are, like and how they're like they're like ultra real. I find. Yeah. Like they're not, they're completely no bullshit people. Yeah. And uh, so, my, how did you get the comedy now? Like, how did? Because I know obviously that's no longer happening. But oh like yeah. How did you? Oh, it was a complete fluke. I did a guest spot at Absolute. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the booker was in the audience, and she was like a new booker, like they yeah. hadn't used her before. So she came up to me uh, after. Actually, it was me and Diana Love. You know, Diana yeah, yeah, Love. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And we were both in the green room, and she's like, "Hey, uh, I really want you guys for the new season of comedy now." And we started laughing. We're like, "Yeah, okay." No way. And then she's like, "Do you guys have uh, like an hour worth of material?" And uh, Diana, at the time, smartly was like, uh, "No, I don't. I've been doing it like three years, and I've been doing it three years at the time too." Yeah. Enough, but I lied, and I was like, "Yeah, I got an hour. Yeah, play Absolutely. the role. Yeah, yeah." So, uh, yeah, they just booked me. And I didn't have an hour. I had maybe 20 minutes. Oh, no. And then so it was like five months until I had to film it. So I worked my ass off and got a f- – I did 52 minutes okay, for the okay. tape. And it uh, – yeah, and that, they only used like 35 of it, I yeah, think. Yeah, dude, it looked great. I didn't yeah. – you wouldn't be able to tell that you didn't have an hour. I was under four years in. Oh, yeah. my God. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was completely – I couldn't believe that. Dude, that show was great, man. I don't know why they stopped that. Yeah, I don't know. It it was like I was literally the last one to be filmed. Oh, really? So like I filmed mine and 
uh, as everyone was leaving, the guys were tearing down the set. Like it was literally like, okay, we're out of here. And they're like ripping it apart. (laughs) And then like there was a little wrap party, like just like a cake and stuff. You just made it in just as the door was closing. Squeaking in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just dove right in. Yeah. So, and it it made, I mean, it helped me look more legit as a comic too. I was going to say, did you get a lot of work from it? Oh, yeah. Like, and people really liked it. And uh, yeah, it helped me like tour more of Canada. And also, like, I brought that tape with me to LA a couple times and people think it's a Comedy Central special. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'd show it to people and they're like, oh, you're on Comedy Central. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, just roll with it. It's definitely not the Canadian Comedy Network, (laughs) if that's what you're thinking. So, yeah, it definitely helped. It was, uh, it was, it was complete, complete fluke, though. It's like a perfect example of like right place, right time. Yeah, yeah. Like, if I wasn't at Absolute doing that guest, but just a guest spot that night, like, none of that would have happened. And when did you know that this was like actually, like, when did you start gaining? Like, when did you feel like you were gaining steam from this thing? Like, was there a point where you were walking down the street and someone was like, holy shit? A couple times, yeah. yeah. It's like, it, I, it, like, I won the uh, Canada's Next Top Comic, the Sirius XM thing, yeah. pretty early, too. Like, I won that in 2010, so that was, like, six years ago, too. Oh, shit. Um, and that really, like, validated me in a way. So, yeah. like, that was, like, a, my first credit where people could be like, this guy won this award. And they yeah. could say that before I went on stage, which felt nice. But, uh the first time, I mean, when I was able to quit my day job and then do this full time, which was only three and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. Then I was like, okay. I, I remember that video that you made. Yeah, <laughs> you I quit. Just stood on that fucking chair table. <laughs> oh, <and> yeah. <laughs> I stood on the genius bar at the Apple store. And yeah, I was like, this is my last shift. I'm leaving. The best part is, you can't see, there is a, there is a little guy, like a little, uh, do you say midget still? I don't even know what the fuck to say. Little person. And like, so I, on, I'm on the genius bar and I was like, uh, I was like, it's my last day. I'm leaving. And then he, this, little person pokes out from behind one of the displays he goes who are you <laughs> <laughs> like just immediately like i didn't it just came out of nowhere like it's my last day who are you <laughs> like ah it doesn't matter get out of here oh my god but the worst part is is i didn't film this part obviously but i did that and then i left and then i forgot my jacket so i had to walk <laughs> you, back in you should have filmed, filmed oh sorry oh i oh. walked out and i went ah shit and then i walked back and i'm like didn't you, didn't you just stand up and i was like yeah, yeah, this is a, like shuffled and then I left through the emergency exit. Yeah, <laughs> alarms start going yeah. up. <laughs> like shit. Yeah, that oh, was man. when I felt really like I could do this. That's awesome, so it man. Was, uh, yeah, that's it was, huge. It was scary the first year of not work because like you really have to. You're making your money, right? You're like, self-employed, yeah. which is I've never been in my entire life. So it's like you're this weird new tax bracket, and it's it's yeah weird being self-employed. And telling yeah, yeah. people that, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah. And taking that leap, like, was there, was there any doubt in your mind? Did you ever, like, you know, feel like, yeah, like? I've never had any doubts, and no. it might sound cheesy or weird. No, no, but, that's awesome. But man. from day one, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this all f- full out and just never ever stop. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, I've never had any doubts. And actually, that. Me with that attitude ended one of my relationships. Really? Because I had a girlfriend. I remember we were eating dinner, and she was like, so what's your backup plan? Like, what if this doesn't work? And I was like, I have never thought that this would not work. Yeah. You know? And she's like, I don't think that's very healthy. And I was like, no, I think I'm very focused. Like, I think I know this is going to be something. Yeah. And she's like, well, I can't. This seems so crazy to me. And I was like, if you have any doubts in me, yeah. why are we together? Like, I can't have. You should be like, yeah, go for it. Like, be supportive no matter yeah. what. So I, uh, yeah, we broke up shortly after that, Whoa. actually. At the dinner? Like, yeah. Well, I, I guess like, this well, is well, it. Well, this is it, and you're paying. So <laughs> see you in hell. 
<laughs> so, make her pay. Yeah. Oh wow. So, yeah. No. So I didn't. I getting into this, I I knew I wanted to go 100. percent And I, yeah. That's I just kept doing it 100. percent so. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah. You don't you don't hear that too often because I mean every everybody usually has like not not even doubt. You're just like because for instance you hear about someone who's uh, I don't know like a good singer, yeah. someone who's got an amazing voice, but you're like. You like there's some of these people that just never see the light of day, and yeah. as a result, they go out and they try to get jobs and they try to you know uh, get a another career just to back it up or whatever. And and even like you know uh, someone like Jerry D or whatever who was yeah. like a teacher and then kind of, you know what I mean. There's yeah. people that have those backup plans, but it's it's really uh, like inspiring to see you know that you're just like you know what man fuck it like I'm just going do it. Yeah. balls to the wall you know what I mean yeah like, I, don't, I don't mean it to sound cocky that what they or say? anything balls to the balls wall, to the wall? That, I don't know I just, I just learned what that was it was a, a jet fighters go balls to the wall because the 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 things that they push forward to go yeah. faster have balls on them oh so you do put they? the balls to the wall and that makes you go uh, faster <laughs> I thought it was like See, taking not, your balls and, and putting, putting them, them on a wall <laughs> and that means yeah. you're giving a hundred percent. That means you're giving 100% to something if you put your testicles on a wall. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, look at that guy, man. He yeah. hasn't left that wall in Balls years. Balls to the wall. He's going for it. No <laughs> doubt in his mind. Whatever he's doing, he wants to do. It's a hard work. He just there. looks over his shoulder. No doubts over here. My balls are on the wall. I've got no doubts. What a confident man. So confident. His balls on the wall. But yeah, no, dude, that's awesome. That's huge, man. And did you feel like... <clears throat> You you touched upon the relationship aspect of it, yeah. And did you feel like that was ever a problem throughout the whole process of you being a comedian, where it was like, you know, yeah. relationships got in the way or slowed you down or maybe stressed you out? And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's uh, definitely the one before my current one yeah, yeah. was a disaster. It was a very poisonous one, and it, she was the first girlfriend I had where I actually like canceled a gig to be with her. Oh shit! And I felt disgusting and gross, and yeah. like she told me she's like, "Don't go out tonight. Just stay in and watch TV with me." And I was like, no, "Okay." <laughs> and I remember the whole time I was like. My heart was racing. So she even was like, I think I was having an anxiety attack yeah. because I, that's how bad I felt that I gave up a gig. Oh, obviously, of course. To, you know, I was 100%. like, I was sweating the whole night and I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> which might mean I'm a workaholic, but <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. You're and like, then, gotta do a set at Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a real lowbrow gig. It was yeah. just standing on a picnic table in the park. <laughs> I wasn't even getting paid. Uh, so yeah, I mean, every relationship up to my current one had, there was problems with like, I remember the one before that. She was like, she told me, she was like, I understand stand-up's number one. I'll gladly be number two. And in my head, I'm like, you're gonna regret saying that, yeah. absolutely, 100. percent And she did when it was like Valentine's Day, and I got a last-minute club go- club oh, booking, and it was no. like, like we just had dinner, and I was like, okay, I have to go to this club. Like I never perform at this club, and I was new at the time, so yeah. I was like, I have to go. And she was like, this is the worst. Why are you doing this? I was like, well, you remember what you said? With the, yeah. You know, I have to go. Uh, <laughs> like, so it, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was, I don't know if it really got in the way, but it definitely pissed off some women yeah, <laughs> that yeah, I was yeah. with. Rightfully so, too. Of I course. mean, it's, it's not their fault at all. It's like, it's yeah, just, yeah. I, yeah, it just came out of pure focus on my end and I couldn't, I had a hard time focusing. I couldn't be completely with a person. Yeah. You know? Well, I, I mean, so, you're out every single night. Yeah. Like literally every single night. And if they work a day job, they work all day. Oh, God. And then I worked a day job too. And then I worked at night. And then so it was just like, and then we never saw each other. It and never then, worked. Yeah. It so was, do you feel like the only way it could work is based on like your current situation where it's like if you're both 
you know, doing comedy and that's the only way it could work? Or did you feel like... Uh, well, I never thought <clears throat> I'd date another comedian. That was the number one rule. Yeah. It's like, you don't date another comedian, right? But, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely It helps dating somebody, I think, in the industry or in, the, like, the entertainment industry Same at all. field, yeah. Yeah, they're, like, they're more understanding, I think. Yeah. But, well, you guys, uh, what am I saying? You guys are not dating. You're married. We're married, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're dating. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh, I think, yeah, it definitely... It helps... Hugely, and yeah. uh, people are like, "Oh, is it annoying talking about stand up all the time?" It's like, no, I love it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I love that we come home and she tells me about her set, and then yeah. I tell her about her set or my set. I tell her about her set again. <laughs> no, and uh, and like, yeah, I just like people are like, they can't fathom it. Sometimes they're like, "Isn't it annoying?" I'm like, "No, it's not annoying. I love this. Yeah, yeah. like I love it so much. Like it's so. Why wouldn't I want to be around it all? No, the time? of course. Yeah, of course. Now, marriage is obviously like a huge step." Yeah. How did the you know how did this come about? How did you feel? I mean, obviously we, you know how it came about, but like how did you feel like that ever generated? Like because it's a big as a comedian, yeah. you're not very you're not a very committed individual. Like, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like from show to show, and you're running around, you're never in one spot. So how did that make you feel taking that big leap and just saying like you know what? Yeah, let's fucking do this. Like how? Yeah, it was like I haven't really been a marriage thinker guy for a while yeah. but uh we were we were talking about moving to la which and then once it really started getting the ball rolling we're like <clears throat> we're like shit we're, we're gonna be together like yeah. like there's no i'm not gonna be with anybody else and you're not gonna be that so like let's do it while we're here and while we have family here and you know like our parents both of our parents would love to see us married and you know yeah. and we're like, yeah, let's get fucking married. Like, it was a very, like, last minute like, kind of thing. Spur of the moment. We're like, let's fucking do it. Like, <laughs> let's just do it. And, yeah, we just had a super small little wedding. It's amazing. And, and how long were you guys together for before that? Uh, like, over six years. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so that's I mean, perfect. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those things where it wasn't like, yeah, it was like, it was going to happen eventually anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I was like, uh, why not do it? And then, like, we're still going to, like, once we get more money, we're going to have, like, a bigger wedding party type yeah, thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, we just wanted to do it before we moved and then uh, just have some family here and stuff. And Of then, course, of course. Yeah. And what about kids? Oof, not anytime <laughs> soon. But I'm you sure know everybody what? asked that question, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. But it, my ideas on kids have changed in the last few months. They have. Oh, absolutely. I okay. held, uh, do you know, you know Rhiannon Archer? Yeah. She just had a baby. Yeah. Uh, she's a comedian friend of ours. Yeah. And, uh, and I held it for the first time and it clicked immediately. I was like, shit. You I want, get yeah, it. Yeah. Oh my god! Like the kid was all about me. Like it was so. Like it was laughing at me. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and that's when I was like, yes, I definitely want one. Yeah. Like one kid. Yeah. I don't see more than one. No, you're not no, gonna do more I than don't. one. I just want you gotta one. Do even numbers, dude. You I gotta don't do... know. That's you know. We'll see. I mean, one one is. Uh... You know, you get that that only child syndrome, right? It's spoiled, then, yeah. Too big Christmas, yeah. yeah. The Christmases are too big for that kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what always. That was every only child growing up in, yeah. in school. They're like, oh man, your Christmas was huge. Like, are <laughs> yeah. you fucking kidding me? You got gifts for all of us. Yeah, like, uh, it was the worst. Oh my god. So yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe after having one, that'll change too. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but it's it's. But that was the first time in my life where I'm like, holy shit, my attitude can change so quickly. Yeah. Like uh, in terms of something like that, well, it's like, a big step, man. It's yeah. not, it's not, it's not light in any. But like I know, uh, like Chris, you know, just had a kid as well. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, both Chris's just had a kid. Chris Locke and Chris Robinson, yeah. right? Every so Chris in Toronto has a kid now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just a prerequisite for being a Chris. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a Chris, huh? You have a yeah. kid. You like yeah. take this baby. Yeah. But uh, y- you notice the the dynamic change, and you notice the the mentality and the attitude and and all that, and it's. And it's it's impressive, man. It's respectable because you, 
I, I never saw Chris Robinson as someone who would have a kid, me, to be me, honest. Not in a million years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. At least not in the last, next like fifteen years. But and then you and then I went to go see him with you know when he just had his kid and uh well when his girl just had his kid <laughs> yeah. when Chris just had the kid. Uh and yeah, he was just you know, he was super like, you know, fatherly and yeah, you know, it's very texted, human. Yeah. It's you're you're a human. Like yeah. you see like it just yeah, it it just humbles you a bit, I think, to uh like I don't know the experience yet, but yeah. even from holding a baby and seeing people with babies and like, oh my god, it just makes you like um more of a whole person in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just yeah, that's like that's what we're built to do. We're built to have friggin' kids. I think so. I not to say if you don't have kids it's not a big deal. No, I mean, but no. uh but you, I can, I can absolutely see the draw to having it. A bring, kid. Yeah, it bring, it brings out a different side in you, I think. Yeah. And I think it's just like in the same way that girls have, you know, they say, "Oh my God, she's getting the baby fever" or whatever. Yeah. It's like I think guys kind of get it too. We just don't talk about it. Oh yeah, we're not running through a meadow <laughs> and yeah, yeah. <laughs> screaming it and spinning. <laughs> I want a baby yeah. so bad. Babies. <laughs> Let me have a baby with you. Oh my God. So, dude, how many years have you been in stand-up now? You've been at this for a while now. Yeah, I started in 2007. Nice. So okay. it'll be almost 10 years. Yeah. Which um, which is funny because when I first started, I was like, in five years, I'll be in L.A. Yeah. And then now it's 10 years. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes your plans aren't completely realistic. You got to double them, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, almost 10 years. And which, how did you get into stand-up? What, what made you do it? I I literally I loved it my whole life. Uh, I mean, like watching it and stuff. It never seemed like an option as a career. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know how you get into that. It doesn't make any sense. So I didn't. So that's why I went to broadcasting school and uh, and I remember like this is a big thing that I feel a few comics won't admit. I remember watching Dane Cook for the first time. Yeah, and he was like the first young comic. Yeah, that I saw doing it. And as much as I didn't <clears throat> didn't really like his material or whatever, but you gotta admit when you saw when I saw him for the first time, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I didn't know young people could do this. I thought you had to be like old and have yeah. a tie, and I thought that was stand up. And then you see yeah. this young guy doing it, and that was what planted the idea. Yeah. I was like, absolutely. I was like, holy shit, young people could do this. So then, yeah. I mean, that was still like four or five years before I started, but uh, and then yeah, I just uh, did amateur night in Toronto here in Yucks, once, yeah. and then I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do, is and it. then. Moved to Toronto, and then I told myself, "Go!" I said, "Go out every single night," and I did it, and I'm still doing it. So. Yeah, until now, like it hasn't stopped. Yeah, so I mean, like it's gotten better now. Like I, I go, I do less like really shitty open mics. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Of I'll course. still drift in and out of them. But, yeah. Well, um, dude, that Dane Cook's first two specials were incredible. Like, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, Harmful of Swallows. Yeah, and, um, and vi- retali- retaliation. Yeah. yeah, those two are amazing. Yeah, man. he was hilarious. And then uh, by the third one. People were already laughing before he would tell the joke, and you're like, "This oh, yeah. guy's already up there. Like, he's not really." Yeah, we went. I went to go see him live at the ACC. Oh, did you? Me and a buddy went because I, I was just fascinated by him. I was just like, "Of course." Because again, with the whole being a young hip, I've never seen comedy be so young and hip before. Yeah, and I'm sure it's what the same the same thing that like Eddie Murphy did in the '80s, where oh, you see God, a young yeah. hip guy and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah. And uh, I was repulsed by the audience because yeah. they were all just mouthing his jokes with him. Oh my God! And like yelling his jokes, and then he got people on stage to finish his jokes for him. Like he's like, "So who wants to do the Kool Aid Man joke?" And then like seven people came up and did it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, ah, "I don't know if this is stand up, but yeah, <laughs> but it's cool what you're doing." <laughs> yeah. It's more of like a comedy concert. Yeah, it, you know that's what I mean? a, what it was. It was a 
circular stage too, so yeah. it was just kind of there. And then yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, this is yeah, you can be really popular and young dude. And then I, the first time I went to a club, I was like, oh, this is I, this is more stand up. Yeah, for yeah. Me. So. No, for sure. So was there growing up? Were you always you know the class clown? Were you? Yeah, I was always always wanted attention. I was super shy, but I wanted people to laugh. Yeah. So like, uh, it's. I've uh, yeah like I was always like I remember my my dad always used humor as a thing at home yeah. so I me- I remember just watching him and uh and he he'd be funny and then whatever problem was happening at the time yeah. people forgot about it <laughs> so then I learned that quality very quickly and my sisters hated me for it where like if I was about to get in trouble I'd be funny about something and my parents would be like <laughs> get out of here yeah. <laughs> got yeah. out of it. and my sister would be like what the hell he just made you laugh yeah, and you got yeah. away with shit I'm like yeah that's that was, I learned that very early you yeah, make somebody yeah. laugh you can get away with a lot of shit yeah, that's true and uh and yeah so I I you know goof off in school a little bit and I was never really popular but I was never I was just kind of floating around the Kim middle kind of thing yeah. and and then uh yeah I started with, I actually just hung out with them again on the weekend but my buddy Brian Hunter uh who was a big clown and uh started hanging out with him in high school and uh yeah we were just two fucking idiots together yeah. and uh yeah, he was. He really brought it out in me. I always think of him as the origin of it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just influence. Yeah, uh, and I remember talking to him about it too. And I'm like, we got to do stand up. Let's me and you do stand up. Yeah, there's always another person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, unfortunately, he didn't you know get into it. But he still comes to my shows when I go to London and everything. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, I just always wanted to be a funny person. I think. Will I answer the question properly? I yeah, don't remember what. Yeah. It no, it's just, it's just, dude. It's just yeah. how uh, you know you being a class clown and whatnot. Did you? Well, tell me about this. Tell me. I mean, you've obviously been doing this almost ten years. Worst bomb in those ten years. Uh, I would have said the first time I did. Remember, there was a show at this bar called McVeigh's. And it was uh, yeah, the one by Gerard and uh, yeah, it's yeah. actually where they filmed Boondock Saints. That yeah. was my my first ever bomb. Wow, was there? And I remember I filmed it and everything. I put it on YouTube at one time too because <laughs> I, I just had no, but I just had no stand up videos. So I was like, here's me doing stand up, and yeah. people are like, you're not getting laughs. And I got zero <laughs>, laughs. I got zero laughs the whole night. Oh, but I no. was smiling the whole time because I was conscious of it. I was like self aware. I'm like, oh my god. In my head, I remember being like, holy shit, you're bombing. <laughs> This is what a bomb is. And I, I came up. Smiling. The I, whole time. I know. I was still so excited. People were like, oh, that was rough. I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> right? That's what a bomb feels like. <laughs> and uh, and so that that was bad, but I was self aware. Uh, actually, last year was my, my worst bomb. Last year? Last year. And this is, I, it scared me the most is because it was how recent it was. Yeah, yeah. And it was a showcase for all the festivals at Yuck Yucks. Oh, and, my uh, God. And I had to go up first. And, uh, you know, I had my set or whatever that I worked on because you prepare for those right. festival showcases. And as I go up, I see all the festival bookers walking in and they're just taking their jackets off, off as I'm being introduced. So they're barely even paying attention. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Oh, and no. I go up and it just tanks. Everything uh, that I, I've been doing it for months yeah. and it's been working. And then just this one night, just tanks. Uh-huh. I'm barely getting anything. Like I resort to crowd work that just doesn't work. Yeah, I start talking Especially about in the a showcase. I, yeah, I start talking about the stage. Like I'm talking about shit around me. I'm like oh. in my head. I'm like, what is happening? Oh, no. And it was just so painful. And then I come off, and uh, 
I'm like, well, I got to stick around and talk to these fucking bookers. And yeah. Like, at least I know uh, uh, just for last booker, Zoe, very well. So yeah. she she understood completely. She was like, she was like, yeah, there was, you know, you, you'll get them. You know, she's she very yeah. friendly and everything. And the other bookers just kind of barely looked at me over the shoulder. They're like, yeah, great energy. And like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh and no. it just stuck with me. I was depressed for like a week, like a whole week. I could barely go to shows and stuff. Yeah. And like, it was just because I've been like, I'm like, I've been doing this almost nine years. Yeah. What the fuck? Can you can still bomb that hard after yeah, nine yeah. years? And uh, yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me. But oh, it was like very humbling and I learned a lot from it. Did so, you get booked on any uh, I actually just, I booked for just for laughs anyway. <laughs> so so it, that's yeah. when I was like, oh, none of this matters. Yeah, so yeah. None of this fucking matters. Because well. it helped that Zoe came to a show at Yucks the week after. And I oh, did the okay. same set and it worked. And, it, yeah. and then she came, she saw me and she kind of hit me on the shoulder. She goes, see? And I'm yeah. like, yes. You're like, see what? Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends, please. Tell the other <laughs> festival bookers. So like yeah, and and especially after I, I booked just for laughs, that would be my, that was my second time there, and right. I was like I was like oh yeah, so the showcase whatever, nothing matters. This is all no no, just just do fucking do it, and then whatever happens. Was happens. just for laughs your first festival? Uh yeah, that was the first one. I mean, I didn't pay to be on. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I I've done like the L.A. Comedy Festival and the San Francisco Sketch Fest. Yeah, all, all I had to pay my own way down there, obviously, yeah, which is very. But they were they were very fun festivals. But just for last is the first big one where it's like we're flying you out. Like you get a hotel, you get, yeah, you get all this shit. So yeah, the first time going there was was crazy. It yeah, was, I was gonna ask what, what was that like. It was what? just I'd never been to it because yeah. I always refused. Like I got an invites to hang out with people there, and I'm like, I'm not hanging out. It's if like, you're not doing anything. Like if you're like a golfer and I'm not hanging out at the PGA <laughs> fucking tour, you know? Yeah. I, so I, yeah, just being there. And then like, I remember we got there kind of late and then I, in the hotel room, I opened up the blinds. It was like, it was like a classic like movie thing. I opened up, it was like, bang, it, 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 like coming up from the wind. You could see the street and it was all like, right. You could see the whole festival. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy, and then you just walk around the hotel and you just see all the like Bill Burr's is just like lounging and just like all these people are just hanging out. Oh and it's my just, god! Yeah, that's why the second time was actually more fun than the first because the first was just overwhelming. How do you keep your cool? Like, how do you? I just didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I just didn't. Oh my god! Like Dude, was... I would lose my shit. Oh, it was stupid. Yeah, the the, the first time, yeah, you could tell like every first timer was just acclimating to that, like trying to figure out. I don't know. I just kind of hung like, back. Like, how and, do you act? Like, if I'm walking in a lobby and I see Bill Burr sitting there, uh, yeah. I'm losing my shit. It I was, was like, I mean, funny. I saw Mike Birbiglia. I was wasted. And yeah. we kind of cut past each other in a doorway. And I grabbed his shoulder. And I was like, I think you're really great. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, thanks, thanks. And I was like, ah, I fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> when in hindsight, he doesn't remember it at all. Yeah, yeah. But it's like... It's like talking to these comics too. It's like I just don't. Are unless, they all in the same hotel? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Oh but there's the Hilton Hotel bar is where everyone just hangs out at the end of the night. Yeah. And there's a lot of times there's an open bar there, so it's just like goes till like seven in the morning. Oh my god. And it's uh, yeah. This year actually, we we trolled in at like it was like seven thirty in the morning, and it was still full and bumping. And then Russell Peters gets up and he just starts DJing and oh. like like he just I don't think he brought a laptop with him and he just like <laughs> plugs it in, and just starts like deep. It's like seven thirty in the morning. And you can see people like trying to get like actual hotel guests trying to get breakfast and stuff. <laughs> 
up and it's like Russell Peters just DJing because <laughs> no one's gone to sleep yet. Yeah, it's just yeah. a disaster. It's just insane. Oh yeah. my god! So the first one, what was it? Was it an Axis, an All Axis? Uh, yeah, show? it was a Club Soda one, and so nice. was the second one too. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it was uh, that was haven't done a really big gala yet. I think that would be the one where I shit my pants. That would yeah. be to perform in a big theater like that. Totally. So, so what like what was the uh, like, how did you find out you got on? Like, well, I guess someone must have called you. Or yeah, what? with with Yucks, there's a festival booker, Tony. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you just do the showcase. And you don't find out till months and months later. So, yeah. um, I, you know what his phone number looks like. So, you see, I saw it on my phone. And I was like, oh, he never calls me. This is so weird. Right. And he's always very coy about it, too. He's like, he's like, hey, how are you? You good? <laughs> like, yeah, are you, are you good? What's, yeah, what's happening? What's he's like, up? oh, yeah. Beautiful day. And uh, oh. he's like, I got a little call. And then you're like shitting your pants. And yeah, he's like, you got just for laughs. And then, oh, my God. Yeah, the first first time I was like, I was like almost weeping. Yeah. And like Julia was there and she's like jumping up and down. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Just because you, you never think it'll like happen. And like, right. It was. Uh, and then Zoe had my phone number. She texted me after, too, because. If for independent comics, she calls them directly, but for Yuck's comics, you get a call from Tony. So she's right, like, I right. wish I could have given you that call. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, you just get a call. You just get a call and they tell you and then yeah. you find out the details later. And so. were your parents, uh, were your parents always on board with you being a comic? Were they always on board or did they ever want you there to? Since day one. Yeah. Never Amazing. swayed. No, they had the same attitude I had completely. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you're going to do this. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> They're just completely, literally everything in my life. Like I've never had those parents that doubted me at all. Like they've That's been a hundred percent supportive. So I really can't like, even when I was down on myself starting out, uh, doing comedy as much as my parents didn't understand it at all. They're like, yeah, you just got to keep doing it. Just keep working and something will happen. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they've been literally since day one. And, and, and what was it? Uh, what was it like when you got that call and you told them? What was their reaction? What did your mom or dad do? Uh, yeah, I still get the feeling they don't really fully understand anything of what's <laughs> happening. So they they were like, "Oh wow, that's good." And I'm cool. like, "No, you don't understand. You should be going crazy. <laughs> like this is crazy." And uh, they they know it's good, and they're just like, "Well, this is yeah, that's it's like the World insane. Cup of comedy, really, yeah. right?" Like, so uh, yeah, they were no, they were just they were super pumped. They're but they were like they're they're like, "Yeah, we knew this was gonna happen." I was like, "Oh, that's the sweetest thing that's ever yeah, I've ever heard." Yeah, they're yeah. like, "They're like, yeah, of course you're gonna get this." Like they're very much like, "Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah. You're great." Did they so come out to shows and watch shows and all that? They or? were at my Comedy Now special. They were okay. They sat in the fucking front row, oh, too, which I told the door guys. I was like, that, those people? And Julia was there, too. I was like, yeah. don't put them in the front row. Yeah. And they were front row center. Oh. So if you watch my special, you see my dad, mom. Then <laughs> and it was just like, you see all their stupid heads. And uh, yeah, they, they came to that. I performed at Massey Hall, and they came to that, too. Oh, and, my God. Uh, yeah, so they that must of, have been nuts. They got like two balconies. Yeah, that like was that's pretty well. And another balcony, right? It's yeah, like it feels. Game. It's funny. The more theaters you play, you're like, you get on stage, and it feels smaller than what it feels like in this in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's a huge venue, but it's so comfortable to be on. Do you feel like your material differs from venue to venue? Oh yeah, the sizes. Like you start to do more theaters, and you realize your your pacing is uh, is is different too. Yeah. So you have to kind of be slower and then like kind of wait for the laughs to come back to you. Oh, wow. Like you say something and then you're, and you can hear the laughs coming from the back row yeah. like, or the front to the back. It's really weird. Um, that was actually my second worst bomb, actually. I did a theater too early oh, no. in the East Coast and it was like 2,000 kids 
at this college and uh, it was like me k trev nick ronaldson and i was like oh my god i don't know if they're gonna get k trev here like it's he's got a pretty slow pace yeah yeah. and he destroyed because that pace works for that many people right and i tanked because my pace was too too quick and i kept like looking at the front row and talking to them a lot because i was used to clubs and stuff and then there's still like 1500 people that are like what the hell are you doing up there (laughs) yeah who are you talking to who are you talking to (laughs) So yeah, it's it's funny. Like as much as do stand up, there's always like a new thing introduced to you. Like yeah. like the theaters, like theaters, like performing in theaters is, is different. But it's material completely... doesn't differ. It's just the pacing. The pacing and yeah, in what you and material in sense in the sense of like certain act outs. Like if you have small act outs, they won't work on because people can't see you. Right, right, right. As opposed to a club where you can do like little things with your face or something. Facial expressions. And yeah. Stuff. So it's uh, little things like that, which you get more conscious to when you just do it. Of course, more, of course. You know. Now going back to uh, going back to your parents, uh, you were saying they're obviously very supportive. What do your parents do? I, I don't think I asked that. My mom's a retired nurse. Nice. Uh, she retired really early because she got a back injury. She had this giant fat man was falling out of bed, and she oh, heroically no. tried to catch him. <laughs> oh no! And just destroyed her back. Oh so, god! Yeah, so the hospital was like, "Yeah, you'll be on uh, disability for the rest of your life." Oh. So, uh, but yeah, she you know she's got an iPad. She's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> I bought her an iPad a couple of years ago, and yeah. uh, my dad is uh, he's a retired cop. He was a cop as no well. Way. He was actually a part of the Mounties as well. Holy smokes. Um, and uh, he's had a couple of like little jobs here and there. Like He worked for Canada Post Security. And uh, right now he just uh, just kind of busies himself at a night to Columbus and yeah. does, does shit there. And Wait, in Columbus? Night, night to Columbus, like the, the men's uh, club. Nights, you, you know Night to Columbus? No, I don't. It's like a, do you know what Shriners are? No. Oh, fuck. How do you describe Knights of Columbus? It's like, uh, do you know the episode of The Simpsons with the stonecutters? Yeah. Like a it's legion? Like a, like a legion. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. Yeah. So he's part of the Knights of Columbus. And nice. it's like a, he does charity stuff and like yeah, yeah, yeah. event planning and stuff like that. So he And your sister, you, you have two, one or two sisters? Two older sisters. Okay. Yeah. And no brothers? Half brother. Okay. Yeah, which okay. I found out when I was like 12. What? My mom literally came in and she was like, eh, you got a half brother and he's coming to visit this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I thought she was joking the whole time. And I was like, oh my God. And then this man shows up. He was like 30 at the time. <laughs> and he's like, he has my face, but he's no. an adult. And I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess my mom had a kid when she was in high school and gave it up, had to give it for adoption. Right, right, right. And he tracked her down. So, like, I talked to him every now and then. But, nice. uh, and what do your sisters do? Uh, my oldest sister actually has a disability. She has like a learning disability. She's okay. a little autistic as well. So, um, she actually works at a movie theater. She just, she lived her whole life and doctors were like, she probably won't be able to work because she can't really grasp autism, certain things yeah. and she'll probably live at home the whole time. Yeah. But she fucking got a job. She works at a movie theater yeah. and she lives on her own. So what? she, yeah, it's like really, eh? She like worked her ass off and and is so completely independent now. Um, Dude, that's amazing. I work cr- with autistic kids now. I volunteer yeah. with autistic kids, so it's really interesting to hear. It's so tough, like uh, just knowing and having lived with her my yeah. whole life. It's like, oh my god, this is so tough for you that totally. she's doing it. 
And uh, yeah, my other sister is a slot technician at a casino. What? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she, uh, yeah, fucking fixed the slot machines. And because uh, she used to do a lot of customer service stuff, like she, used to, she was a manager at the Gap, and like she worked at the Apple Store with me for a bit too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we were both like, oh, I fucking hate people. Like, yeah, I hate, I hate customers. Yeah. I hate dealing. So now she's like, yeah, I just fix slot machines. Don't no one talks to me. You know, that's perfect. Make a bunch of money and get out of there. <laughs> just fix it. She's like, I'll be back at four o'clock. Yeah. Just make sure to hit. The- jackpot good maybe yeah she's got all the proper keys casinos are uh, fucked dude casinos are oh they're insane yeah Yeah, i was just there i was in london at their casino for a bit oh no as much as like there was a a string where i went out i toured out west and i went to casino was performing casinos yeah i won like 250 bucks at each casino like I played roulette, I'd play a couple of numbers and yeah. win 250 bucks. I was like, oh my God, go to the next, you know? And I was like, oh my God, I just kept winning money. And then that like got into me. And then the next few casinos, like we went to Vegas and I was like, no, I'm good at roulette. And then I lost like a thousand dollars. Like I was like, oh, this is how gambling works. I'm good at roulette. Yeah. Because yeah. literally it was like three casinos in a row where I like, I like, I kept winning. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Vegas, I just lost a bunch of money. Oh God. Dude, that's amazing. Um, so what do you got going on before before uh, you take off to L.A.? What's <sighs> Just doing some more shows. We're having like yeah. a going away show at the Rivoli on December 19th. Um, nice. And, uh, oh, that's, uh, is that the, um, the Subway oh, talk? Oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing a series finale of the Subway talk show. Okay. Uh, because I'm, I'm, ending, I'm ending it here in Toronto at least. I'm going right. to try to get it going in like... L.A. or New York, if yeah. I can get a production company on board. For sure. But, uh, yeah, so I'm doing, just showing the last few episodes of that. Okay. And uh, and I'm doing the New Year's Eve show at Yucky Yucks in Toronto here. Nice. So that'll be my last blow-up Official, show. yeah, yeah. Other than that, just trying to relax for a little bit. You yeah. know, like, just, I know the next... <laughs> Once I get there, it's going to be crazy. Of so, course, of course, of course. Like, I'm just reading a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to chill out a little bit. Like, I'm like taking a lot of opportunities to just hang out with friends here and like. Absolutely. Or like, I'll just like walk around Toronto. I'll be like, I know I won't be able to walk around this town, which I love doing. I always yeah. love walking around this friggin' town. Of course, of course. So, like, I'll just fucking walk around sometimes. Dude, you've been, uh, I, I feel like, uh, when did I meet you? Like, I. I was trying to think about that. I was like, when's the last first time I saw Mo? Hey Mo, probably maybe it probably be like five years ago, maybe at least because I've I think my first set that I did was in 2010. Okay, that was the first time in March. So coming up on seven years, and yeah, I feel like it must have been around that. Time. Did you ever go to um, college and uh, Spadina? Uh, Oh, Ty, uh, crown, crown and tiger. Oh yeah, all the time. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably that's definitely where that yeah. <laughs> pee basement. That, shit hole. that basement always smelled like pee. <laughs> probably still does right now. Yeah, I was talking that, Sandra Battalini about this. She's like, that place smelled like shit. Oh yeah, it was gross. Yeah. That was like, what a what a humbling beginning to a lot of people's stand up careers. Yeah. That was a lot of because we used to go there all the time too. Oh yeah, just a dank basement. The spot. Like, yeah, that was the spot. There was like eighty comics on one show oh, yeah. and. There was no audience. There wasn't even chairs a lot of the times. Yeah, a lot of people was just people lingering around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like empty basement with tables, no chairs. Yeah. One homeless guy just freaking out in the corner. Oh yeah, and uh, they would call you from upstairs while you were like hanging out. Like, yeah. hey, uh, you're up. <laughs> Get that basement yeah. and go yell at your friends. <laughs> oh great, I can't wait. Yeah, I, met, I, met, I met everybody there, man. That's yeah. I think that was the that's that was like the seed. And it opened up to like I met Dave Merhaj there. Yeah, I met Mark the Bonus uh, there. Who else? Uh, 
Every, everybody. Yeah, everybody. we'd all go there. That was, uh, I forget what night of the week it was. Was it Tuesdays? Tuesdays, yeah. 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 If you weren't on Yuck Yucks, you just had to yeah, like, scuttle go. over to the dank basement and punish <laughs> yourself. Yeah, and hate yourself. Yeah, and, do something with your life. And you've been with Yuck Yucks for a few years as well, right? You, I think four or five years, yeah. Yeah. About five years or so. And that, uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been great. It's like I know they have a weird reputation. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. How has that been for you? It's, but I'm, I'm one of those people that they've been great to me. Yeah. So like, and this is something that you don't hear a lot of people saying. No, no. Which, uh, but I'm one of the few where like, like Breslin's been very great. He's he's been giving me a lot, and he's been very nice and friendly, and uh, all the bookers. And I don't know if it's me or if it's them. I don't yeah, know, yeah. or if it's just like. Cause I'm like, what do you what do you think it is? What do you think it is that? I <laughs> I feel like I have a pretty good business mind, okay. so I keep it very professional. Like of I course. treat them with respect, and I'm very speedy with like email replies or calls, and like I'm very quick. And I almost feel like that's uh, they respect that, and then yeah. they're more inclined to work with me and get me things because I'm very like, yeah, okay, yeah, I can figure that out. Like I'm very like. I'm like, oh, this is my career. I have to figure this out quick. Where I've, I've heard a lot of stories of other comics where they're like, eh, like you know, they can't get a hold of me, or my yeah. email doesn't work, or I don't have a credit card, and like all this stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like, I feel I, I hyper organize myself. So like, yeah. if I can at the drop of a hat do something for them, I can do it. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So right. it's uh, I feel like over the years, like they got to know that, and also it really helps being an MC too. Like, oh really? Being able to MC a show is a big. It's That's a, a valuable. It's, it's a whole thing. different skill. It's not yeah. uh, like you're almost like not even a comic. Well, you are a comic, but you're not. You are and you aren't. Yeah. yeah. But you, it's valuable in the sense that, uh, yeah, a lot of people either have an ego about themselves and they refuse to do it, or yeah. they don't know how to do it. So I think that right so out of the gate. So what do you do that works for you in terms of being an MC? What's I just have respect for the show. I just respect the show, and I don't make it about me. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, I just do a lot of crowd work. It's very much like, you know, improv. It's basically an improv set yeah. for me, at least. Like, I always wanted to do improv, but I never wanted to do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I treat an MC set like I'm uh, doing improv or whatever. So I just kind of riff off the top and just kind of keep it really light and uh, keep the show rolling, yeah. right? Keep yeah. it really tight and and give everyone appropriate appropriate credits and stuff like that. And, yeah, just don't make it about you. And yeah, then yeah. people really... You know, respect that. And did you uh, uh, did you ever take any improv classes? Or? No. no, I mean, I did one improv show once because a uh, girl on my softball team, I play in a comedy comedy softball league. Yeah, she was like, I need somebody for this improv show tonight. I was like, actually not doing anything. I was like, I'll f- I'll fucking do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I just could not like. There was improv people are too friendly. Yeah, like before the show, like they're in a huddle. They're like, here we go, gang, let's do this. And they're like, <laughs> like they're cheering. And I'm like outside the circle. I'm like, can we just get in there? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then every like improv game, like I just broke the fourth wall and just like made fun of the audience. And I was like, are you fucking <laughs> like, you know, like exactly what you're not supposed to do? Yeah. Like I would laugh at the other people because I'm like, this is so stupid. Like you look so stupid. <laughs> it was just so bad. Uh, so no, I never. I, I still think about it. Like when I moved to LA, I'm like contemplating taking like some sort of acting improv Oh, totally, thing. man. I think it all helps, you know? But uh, I like, don't know. Even even being like a, like you were saying, being an MC, I think as a comedian, as a well-rounded comedian, you have to be good at various things. You can't yeah. just, you know, be like, okay, I'm just going to do a good set, whether it be 15, 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour. 
and then that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Like you gotta you gotta have additional skills, whether it be being an MC or oh, being, yeah. being a door, being a doorman. Oh, something, yeah, something. Well, that especially nowadays with stand up, I feel like the audiences they need they want something off the cuff. Like yeah. Anytime I do a set. And then the, that's the first thing people come up to me. They're like, I remember my agent first came out to see me do stand-up. She's like, oh, my God, the stuff off the top. Was, was that you just talking? Yeah. And, like, she was blown away. She's like, oh, my God, that was funny, and you were just talking, and it seemed like it was so on the spot. And I was like, yeah, it was. And they're yeah. did you like any of the pre-written jokes? <laughs> oh, yeah, those were great. But, oh, the stuff off the top. <laughs> so and it's what, it's what people remember, remember the most. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. when you do, like, a lot of, like, Legion Halls and small town gigs. Like, they love when you make it so personalized and, like, yeah it really sticks with them and it really makes it more of like oh this show is just happening tonight and it has never happened before so i don't know i like that i like making it uh, unique did you feel like uh your experience from going across canada doing comedy did that uh like how did that contribute to you being a better comic well it's every the city's different yeah in a way i mean as much as, uh, like, first time I performed in Calgary, I was like, oh, this feels like Peterborough a little bit. And it kind of does. You kind of find the connections there in that sense. He's like, oh, it's a little bit different. And then you're like, oh, Vancouver is very, like, uh, you know, very PC and very, like, they're hard laugh, like, hard to get laughs Are out there. Really? I found I found oh, that. Wow, yeah, okay. I was like, oh, you're very, like, uh, it's like performing at the Rivoli, kind of. Oh, wow. Okay. Only as a city, right? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, when I started, like, touring, like, around, like, the San Francisco Bay Area, too, like, you get a bunch of different, yeah, it's just, there's just there's so many different people everywhere. And then, and then just finding out what they, what they like and what the references are. And it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's what makes a, a better comic, obviously, yeah. the more you get out but there. But you don't necessarily change your jokes. You kind of just cater them more to that audience. Or do you change yeah. your set altogether? Well, the, my first big lesson was when I was in San Francisco and I made a reference to a Joe Louie on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea that was just a Canadian thing. What is it? And it was like Joe Louis was like the punchline of this stupid joke. It was a stupid joke. It got a little bit of a laugh up here and it got zero. I was actually performing at the Purple Onion oh, no. <laughs> in San Francisco. Oh, and no. I was like, oh shit. I was like, why didn't that work? I just asked the audience. They're like, what the fuck's a Joe Louis? And I was like, oh, you guys don't have that down here. Like I should have said <laughs> Twinkie or something. Yeah. So it's like you learn weird shit like that. Oh, and like, my yeah. God. It's so weird. But uh, yeah, I mean, and then. That's that's the challenge is trying to find jokes that are so universal to all these people yeah. everywhere, you know. But it's uh, yeah, it's traveling. What are what yeah. are some of these? Uh, what are the, some of these smaller places that you've performed in? Like what what are what's like one of the smallest places in Canada that you've never really heard of? Oh God, but... I think I've performed in every small town in Ontario at least. Wow. Okay. Like I've performed. I was outside of Halliburton. And I remember I stopped in the Dairy Queen to get a burger, which was a mistake. It was, I've never had a burger at Dairy Queen. That's the last <laughs> time I ever had one. And uh, I stopped in there. And then the, the, the cook looks up and he goes, hey, Matt O'Brien. And I was like, uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, you're a comedian. You performed here last year. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. Am I really? I performed at this many small towns. I'm repeating these shitty small towns. He's like, let me give me a cone on the house. I got a free cone out of it. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> but, I, uh, I, yeah, I performed at just a lot of weird. I was in Medicine Hat, too. Alberta. Alberta. Yeah. yeah that, was a pretty, uh, that was a pretty weird experience, too. I did, like, two shows there, and it was, like, a blizzard, and there was, like, no one came out. And, oh, like, no. Yeah, but they were, like, really excited to be, like, the few people that were there. They, they really liked it. Yeah, yeah. But the San Francisco Bay Area was really weird, too, because there's a lot of, like, 
A lot of weird little small towns. Like you go to San Francisco, you go to Oakland. There's like Lodi, California. There's yeah. like the there's wine country and like there's a lot of diverse weird people out there. But you're saying is it ma- is it really PC out there? Or? Yeah, it's uh, it it varied. Like San Francisco was very like it felt like they'd seen a lot of comedy already. So you're yeah. like, oh, you got to have something really fresh out here. Yeah. But then you go to a small town like Lodi or like uh, Millipedis. And, uh, <laughs> and Millipedis. Millipedis. <laughs> Doesn't it sound disgusting? Yeah. Oh, God. That's where I had my breakdown, actually. I had, oh, a, no. I had a breakdown in Millipedis because you... I uh, I was in the San Francisco comedy competition and I yeah. got knocked out on the first week oh, by, by 0.2 points. The point system is crazy. And I started, like, I immediately, John Hastings was there. He saw me. I, I fucking just, I went white. I just went pale white and then went yeah. out, bought a pack of cigarettes. I hadn't smoked in years. <laughs> just smoked the whole pack. Drove to Millipedis. Got a, <laughs> I, like, I just started driving. Like, I just yeah. went to Millipedis. I saw a hotel. It was cheap. Checked into a hotel. and yeah. just. And then there was a Dave and Buster's, like, across the street. And I just got fucking hammered by myself at a Dave and Buster's <laughs> and played arcades, like, for a full day. <laughs> It was, yeah, I just had a mild breakdown in Millipedis oh, no. and then flew back to Canada. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the hell happened to you? What, what was it? What caused you the breakdown? What was it? Just getting knocked I just down, was or? so emotionally invested in that competition. What like, was it? Was it the, the not Seattle? It was no, it was the, the San Francisco San Comedy Francisco, Comedy, Comedy yeah. which is an affiliate of that competition. Okay, okay. But it was just so stressful. It's just you perform in a lot of weird small towns and the scoring system. Like you come in, you do a set, and then you find out if you win that night – and then you come in for your next set the next day and you see this like chart with all these like numbers that are right. affiliated with your set and how you did. Okay. And just looking at other people's numbers and like the numbers really got in my head. I was like, oh my God, I didn't get enough applause points for that one joke I did. Wow. And it's just like, and then you get this, that final set, you get an extra point if the audience applauds for more than five seconds. Okay. Which is insane. So the, the host will come out and be like, Matt O'Brien, everybody. And he'll literally count with his hand, like one, two, three. And then that final set, he got up to four and they just stopped clapping. Oh, and he's like, he's like, oh, your last God. comic won't be awarded the applause point. And like, if I got that point, I would have gotten through no. the next week. Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, that was my fucking breakdown. I was like, what other points? What like so? Applause is one. Like it what? was like applause. Uh, it was audience reaction. It was like creativity. Like it's like joke originality. And then like the judges, a lot of for these uh, for these things, a lot of them were just like local firefighters. Oh so we're God. like, you know, like, or like our local radio DJ that no one's heard oh, of. Oh, so but radio like, guys are the worst. Oh God. <laughs> so like you see you see these judges and you're like, I'm not. You don't you don't think you already don't think I'm funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, it was just it was the most stressful thing I've ever done, but I don't regret it. Like of it course. really calloused me up. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me this. Uh, aside from that breakdown, was, tell me about uh, other things uh, that, like, what's something else that's happened during, you know, whether it be uh, your comedy career or just life in general that has caused you to just fucking not necessarily lose it, but just you're like, I can't stop thinking about this. You know what I mean? Oh, God. I try not to lot, let a lot of things bother me. Um, How? Almost too passive, I find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't try to dwell on things i i'm very it annoys my wife a lot too because she's like you're very like oh everything's gonna be fine we'll figure it out like yeah like she's literally like can you stop saying we'll figure it out because <laughs> like, i'm like well we will yeah because what else are we gonna do we'll figure it out yeah um things that really bother me i mean i'll really get i'll still get really bummed out if i have a bad set yeah that'll keep me up 
like I'll literally wake up out of a dead sleep and be like, Oh God, that one joke. Uh, like I'll literally be like, and then I'll, I'll, I won't be able to stop thinking about it or I won't be, I'll like dwell on stuff like that where it'll be like, Oh, why did you say that one thing? Yeah, or, yeah. Like, or why didn't you say that other thing? And, uh, that's yeah that's that's the one thing that really really bothers me all the time generally speaking i don't think i've ever seen you bummed like i've seen pretty much every comic just down yeah. or just whatever i'm like matt's one of those guys that's always been like <laughs> happy a hundred percent of the times and i don't think i've ever seen you necessarily like complain or i try not to complain that's a, i keep it private that's the thing i don't want to yeah. my thoughts are i don't want to burden other people with me being bummed out or being in a shitty mood so i'm like uh, I don't even know if that's healthy or not, but I was like, I, I'm like, if I'm in a shitty mood, I'll go away for a bit. You know, I'll like, I'll go, I'll be in a shitty mood. I'll, t- you know, I'll talk to my wife about it. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. like I'll shut myself out, but I'll totally. be like, you know, I, maybe I just don't want to be around people for a bit. Yeah. And then, but I have a hard time. I honestly have a hard time not being in a good mood when I'm like doing stand up yeah. or doing anything related to it. Of course. So like the people at Yucks. They hate me for that. Like I'll I'll show up to just to host like a Thursday, <laughs> and they'll be like they're like why are you so fucking happy all the time? I was like because I'm fucking doing this. This yeah. is great. It's like, my dream. <laughs> like especially now, whereas yeah. like where I'm like making a living off of it, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, yeah. I just have a hard time not being not being positive. Oh, there's people coming in. Hello. Oh no, you can use that room. I think we just. Uh, Recording a thing. Hello. Hello. Well, yeah, we're just recording a thing. It's oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. No problem. That's all right. The power of editing. <laughs> just, we're going to keep this. We should get them in on this yeah, podcast. Might as well leave it in. Yeah, yeah. For the listeners, we're recording this in a Greyhound bus station. <laughs> this is where we're recording this. Is this where I buy tickets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul Thompson, when I had him uh, a couple of weeks ago, he's like, man, the thing is, it's amazing how nobody knows that we're recording this uh, just in bed with each other uh, naked. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's amazing that the audience doesn't know that. I was like, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, excuse me, my arm. Watch my arm. (laughs) (laughs) Because you really were naked in bed together? Exactly. That's nice. And then we can't, he wanted, he's like, why don't we change the name of it? Why don't we call it the Cuddle Zone? <laughs> <laughs> just two guys cuddling? Yeah. Just, I was so like, you know what? What are your fears? <laughs> yeah. Asking what your fears are under a bed sheet? And I was like, you know what? For the 100th episode, I think I'm going to do that, where we just get everybody that we've had as a guest, get in bed. We're all naked. In one single bed. And one mic. Only one mic, and we pass it around. You hear the noise of the mic, like, rattling the whole time? <laughs> yeah. You're like, what do you think of this? Rub it against yeah. my chest there. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. I'm sandwiched between like uh, Monty Scott and yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's all you need in there. <laughs> yeah. I slept in the trunk with him once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you? Yeah, we went to uh, this electronic music festival. It was with Comedy Records. We were performing was in it, the tent. Was it Vel? No, it was. Uh, uh, oh my, Wemf. Yeah, Wemf. Okay, Wemf, yeah, yeah. and it was me, Monty. Tim Golden, Barry Taylor. Yeah. And that's the first time I did mushrooms. <laughs> and so we all did a bunch of mushrooms. Yeah. And we're at this fucking electronic music festival. Just a nightmare by the end of it. We're like, oh my God, this is too intense. <laughs> and uh, and then by the end of it, we thought it was like four in the morning, but it turned right. out to just be midnight. Yeah. And we all went in the car and fell asleep. And the seats were kind of folded down. And me, I, w- I wake up in the, in the morning and I'm beside Monty. <laughs> and he's kind of got his back to me. And then he's snoring like crazy. And I hit him. I'm like, Monty. I was like, Monty, stop. And he's like, oh, oh, 
Um, <laughs> and then it's quiet for a bit, and then all I hear is a bag of chips open, and he starts eating chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a lot of story. Like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> just no look, uh, open chips, and just start eating. Oh, uh, Monty's the best, dude. He's yeah, he's, best. he's great. I, when you when you said you just tapped him to wake him up, I would have just like pictured Monty waking up and explaining to you why he's like, he's like, ah, yeah. oh, buddy, uh, sometimes you uh, snore when you sleep. Yeah. So, uh, hey, buddy, it's uh, real humid in this trunk. You know, uh, humidity gets to my nose. You know, it's uh, it's a hell of a thing. <laughs> he's like a guy in ease, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Oh my God. Well, dude, thanks again for doing this podcast, man. Oh, thanks uh, for having me on yeah, this. Yeah, man. Best of luck out in LA and. Uh, Fuck, man. Come back and visit. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm sure I will. sometime I'll, I'll soon. I'll be back and forth. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man. Do you want to plug anything? Is there anything you want to plug before Bo- we... Uh, ch- check out the Subway Talk Show on YouTube. Just you yeah. search late night talk show on a Subway or Subway Talk Show and it'll show up. With and Brian, I, I want yeah. more views on that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. I, I and then your a- shows? Uh, yeah, depending on when this comes out, December 19th. Next week. It's coming out next week. Okay, December December 19th, the Rivoli, my going away party. Me Wicked. and Julia, are, I'm hosting it, and there's a bunch of comics on it. And Wicked. It's going to be great. So come to the Rivoli. Uh, doors are at 8.30. Wicked. All right. Perfect. Dude, see you on the 19th. No, thank you. Peace. There you have it, everybody. The eighth episode of the Stay Up Club with my special guest, Matt O'Brien. A uh, huge thank you to Matt for uh, for sitting down and um, and and having this chat with us. It was really nice to have him on the show, and uh, I definitely wish him all the best out in LA. I know he's gonna kill it. He's killed it in Toronto. He's he's been demolishing since day one. This guy's just something else, man. He's a uh, he's got a very admirable work ethic and uh, definitely a huge loss to see this guy go. But uh, I'm sure he'll be back and. Uh, who knows? Maybe one day I'll go visit him in uh, L.A. or something. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the end of the episode. So, you know, go turn turn your phone off or, or your your laptop and just go do something else with your day. Or maybe you are doing something and listening to this while you're working. So if you're doing that, keep doing what you're doing and uh, tune in next week as uh, I try to release these every week. And uh, I'll have a new guest. Who knows who's gonna, who, who it's going to be? You know what? Here's what we're going to do. If you have a suggestion for a guest that you'd like me to have on the show, send it my way. You know, maybe you know a really cool person. Maybe like a, I don't know, a monster truck driver. or a, That's not cool. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to talk, talk about with a monster truck driver. But who knows? Maybe they have a really uh, introspective view of life and uh, they're very, uh, they're well-spoken, so... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We're probably going to get another person who's uh, not probably. We get interesting people every week. So, yeah. Join me next week. And thanks for tuning in. And uh, have a good week. Stay safe. Roads are shit. Drive, drive safe.